he's not going to shame us into repentance because shame, if he shamed us, it wouldn't actually fix the shame. He creates a, a place of grace so that we can actually hand him these things back. And then the ministry of the Holy Spirit begins to, to bring healing to us. You're tuning in to Coach and Joe, conversations on friendship with God. Welcome to Coach and Joe. I'm here with the pride of San Francisco, one of the great Giants fans. You, you love the Warriors, Giants. You, you never talk about the Niners. No, it's because I was actually born in Colorado, so I grew up a Broncos fan. And, uh, That's true. And adopted the Niners a little bit later. I used to hate the Niners, actually. You're on staff at Bridgeway yeah. and uh, associate pastor here. Strong prophetic gift on you. You love people well. You pastor well. And we've been running together for about four years. Moved mm-hmm. here not too long ago, about a year ago, nine months ago. And, and we're building this out together. And I, I want to talk a little bit today about what we are building out together, how shame and the removal of it plays a huge role, and how we are to allow and invite the Father to enter our mess instead of trying to clean ourselves up before we mm. get to him. Yeah. It's funny. People try to clean themselves up and go to God. Yeah. We have the spiritual gift of stupidity, I think, a lot of times. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. Let me consecrate myself so you'll love me. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's go back to the beginning. Genesis 1, 2, picture of Eden. Mm-hmm. What the heck is Eden and where does mm-hmm. God come from? You, you read the word and it seems that he's just the main character, creates Eden. Things are great in Genesis 1 and 2. Most evangelicals, and let's be honest, this this. YouTube show is, is helping a lot of God's kids walk in deeper friendship with him. Most people listening to this podcast, this show, watching it, they're way more familiar. They go straight to Genesis 3. We can read the end of the narrative before the beginning. We know why Jesus needs to come. Let's call time out. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to Genesis 1 and 2. Yep. Eden. The Father is awesome in Eden. He's walking with Adam and Eve cool today. They're naked. There is no shame. Deep intimacy. There's no intercession for praying for someone who's sick. There's no striving. It's just pure connection. When I say Eden, what are the images that come to your mind? Um, Initially, it's the flannel graphs, the flannel boards that I saw when I was a kid. Um, Trees, beautiful flowers. Um, But the picture that that the Lord keeps showing me is how, how much freedom there was there. Um, that Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. There was nothing to limit or get in the way of connection. Um, there was no need. There was no, they were not self-conscious. And really, shame develops a, a sense of self-consciousness. Um, they, they were so God-conscious and other-conscious that, that there's just so much freedom in their connection. They weren't, they weren't even paying attention to themselves. So, and then obviously Genesis 3 happens, and their immediate reaction to the lifting of the relationship or the, re, or the separation of the relationship was this feeling that they had to cover themselves. They became self-conscious, aware. I have a dog. His name is Preacher. <clears throat> He's our pet. We feed him. My wife accidentally bought him cat food. He's been eating cat food for two months. True story. Preacher the cat. Yes. And... He's a pet. We have pets. Dave Ramsey says that college kids now have pets. They're called college loans. They pay off the rest of their lives. Me and you are helping lead a church 
with this as our goal. We help people walk in friendship with God. A lot of churches uh, point to preaching a message, helping people understand where you go when you die. Other churches are kingdom-focused. May heaven invade the earth right now. We seem to be more concerned about helping people get back into Eden. We help people walk in friendship with God by training them in the way of Jesus. I've been saying for a few years, mm-hmm. why do we not talk about Genesis 1 and 2? Don't don't go to the serpent so fast. Yep. Don't, don't go to Adam and Eve's mistake. One of the biggest problems, I think the biggest problem that me and you have in an attempt to be faithful to the vision God's given us is that we're helping people get back to Eden, and they have these pets called cloaks of shame. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know of anyone, including me and you, yep. of our conversation at lunch today, yep. that don't continuously have to take our fig leaves to the Father. Yep. I'm the lead pastor of a church, had a conversation with you today, and I said, hey, I just need to talk. And I'm just talking about my own fig leaves, plural. Yep. Now, you get some preachers, ministers, specifically those that talking about righteousness all the time they, they there is no fig leaves in their mind it's more denial it's not faith i've never met mm-hmm. yeah I, don't even get me going there but you, we all have we all are in need of a savior every day towards things that we cloak ourselves in in shame yep why is shame such an illegal pet to move towards eden with why, why is it such a big deal and what what are we supposed to do when we find ourselves covering ourselves up? Well, <clears throat> I think, well, the way I think about it is that pre-fall, Adam and Eve had, had connection and intimacy with the Father. When sin enters in, the Father can't be near that sin, so there's a separation that goes on. Um, shame at its core is the is the wondering, is the questioning, am I worthwhile? Do I have worth? And the reason that we feel that is that the ultimate worth is the Father. And when we were in communion with the Father, we never questioned our worth because His worth was all over us. His blessing was all over us. His words of affirmation were all over us. And when that gets removed, when there's a separation, the immediate feeling that we have is, do I have worth? And that can be labeled shame. So in that place of questioning, do I have worth, we're always trying to slap worth over the top, trying to cover ourselves with worth. That's the the covering of the, the, the leaves. The father was so merciful at the end of Genesis 3 that he actually sowed garments over Adam and Eve because he knew that when when there's a separation they were going to need covering and so he actually gave them more secure coverings fast forward the father sends a second Adam to redo Eden for us Jesus becomes a second Adam Jesus begins to engage the very issue of questions of worth outside of relationship with the father um and begins to create a pathway for us to be healed from this question of worth. And ultimately, what, what Jesus is doing is allowing those coverings that we put on, sometimes it's ambition, sometimes it's approval, sometimes we medicate with our appetites. So we're constantly 
going to school, working harder, trying to put people and relationships around us to cover our sense of worthlessness, getting people to say good things about us, to try and cover our sense of worthlessness. Jesus is slowly removing those so that we can become back in intimacy with the Father, and his presence is what actually heals the shame. But there's every day we're going to be tempted to grab another covering and pull something close. And Jesus slowly begins to take them off again. I remember when I was, when I was really wrestling with this a couple of years ago, um, the father was just taking off all these different shame coverings and exposing me to my own shame. And I was crying out to the Lord. I was driving. My wife was in the passenger seat. My girls, I've got two daughters. They're in the back seat. They're all asleep. It's late at night and I'm crying out to the Lord. Like, what is the answer to this? Like, how do we, so I know that I'm clean because of what Jesus did on the cross. Right. I know I have his righteousness. Those are thoughts here, but I still have this experience this feeling of shame. Can I stop you there? Yeah. So I've written two books on righteousness. Yeah. My ability to stand in the Father's presence yes. without fear of rejection, yep. condemnation. Romans 8.1. Yep. Luther said Romans 8 is the gateway of the Bible. I yep. say Romans 8.1 is the gateway of the gateway. Yep. Therefore, there is now no condemnation yep. for those who are in Christ Jesus. Then why am I having to have a conversation with you today at lunch of some leaves I'm picking up? Yep. Why? What the heck? Well, part of it is it's like he just shows deeper layers of where we still have some coverings. But so in that place of intellectually knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm accepted through, through Jesus, but there's still this ongoing agonizing questionable. It's, it's an experience of, of wondering. And as I'm crying out to the Lord, the Holy spirit just whispers into my, into my ear and quotes Jesus. And all he says was, it is better that I go. And it flooded into me in an instant that the reason that it was better for Jesus to leave was so that he could send Holy Spirit. And it's the actual ongoing presence of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is all of what Romans 8 talks about, that that deals with the experience of shame. So his presence is continually comforting. His presence is continually declaring that we're his kids. His presence is continually continually instructing us. It's actually the presence of the Holy Spirit that helps us cope with, deal with that that experience of shame every day. And, And it's just those moments when we grieve the Holy Spirit, um, when we quench the Holy Spirit in a moment that we actually suspend his ministry for that moment and that feeling of shame just runs right back into us. I led a retreat for about 80 men a few years ago on sexual addiction. Mm -hmm. Will you hand me that book behind you that says False Intimacy Schwamberg? Uh, let's see the George Bulldog go all the way to the left. Uh, I read this book. It's it's called False Intimacy. Yeah. Understanding the Struggle of Sexual Addiction by Dr. Harry Schwamberg. And it has information on cyber sex, homosexuality, recovering your marriage, 
uh, pornography. And reading this book, to me, the book wasn't even about sexual addiction. No. It was about the false intimacy of a lack of connection with a father who's not threatened by my fig leaves. Yep. Um, yep. You know, Sean, in 20 years of leadership, I'm going to agree with David Seaman. He's a, he's a prolific Christian author and counselor. He said in all of his years of counseling, three decades, I think, or more, all people's issues stem to two things. Inability to receive love from the Father. Inability to give it away. Yeah. Uh, I'm a pastor, author, whatever. Who cares? That's, that crap means nothing to me. Yeah. I'm in a subway today with you. Sub, the sandwich shop. Salad, no bread, I'm on keto. Mm-hmm. And talking about fig leaves. If the father did not love me, I would go insane. Mm-hmm. I think the only way to recover from ongoing shame, wherever it is on the metric, mm-hmm. is to say, Father, here I am again with another leaf. Yeah. I think the first step to shame, he already knows you're covered in it. Yep. You might as well say, before I ask you to remove this, do you mind just telling me what it is and how it got here? I think he has so much compassion. I mean, he he sewed clothing for Adam and Eve. He knew that this was a big deal. I think he has a lot of compassion for us, so much so that he sent Jesus to actually deal with it. It's, it's why his kindness leads to repentance. He's not going to shame us into repentance because shame, if he shamed us, it wouldn't actually fix the shame. He creates a, a place of grace so that we can actually hand him these things back. And then the ministry of the Holy Spirit begins to, to bring healing to us. And so it's those moments where I think he loves it when we identify it even before he points it out or when he reveals it to us that we quickly just say, Father, I'm sorry that I felt like I needed to cover myself. Here, take this. Let me just sit with you. And that's enough. You know, I mean, I've known a lot of pastors that will write books, and their books are their shame covering, or their pulpits are their shame covering, and they're just trying to get worth because of that that thing that is unresolved deep in. Lazarus is dead, mm-hmm. and he's covered in garment. Mm-hmm. That that's actually an act of kindness for humans to cover him in that. Yeah, it'd be pretty repulsive. But then when the life giver touches him, mm-hmm. he says, take, take the grave clothes off. Yeah. Actually, and a lot of people probably wouldn't agree with this, our covering of shame can self-protect for a while that even allows us to get into a position where the life giver can touch our Lazarus clothes. But there comes a point where when he starts identifying the shame covering, you have to let him take them off. See, the message of righteousness, if, if, if you don't fully understand that, yes, I am born again, I am righteous, I am clean as Jesus, as he is in this world, so are you, that's true in a spiritual reality. 
But with an unrenewed mind, I might be as clean as Jesus, but still be hanging on to even old covenant-type mindsets. And so I can't just continue to talk about who I am in Christ without teaching someone how to give up the shame covering. Because just because I am a new creation doesn't mean my mind is renewed to the place where I actually can enjoy that. And that's where the hiccup of the message of righteousness has gotten off track, specifically in the camp of hyper-grace. If all I do with you is tell you who you are in Christ, but I don't say, hey, I love you enough, let me help you disrobe from the stink leaf. And that was the mercy of the Lord to actually give us the righteousness of Jesus, the worth of Jesus. Because if we didn't have that, the, the undressing of the shame coverings would be too painful for us. We couldn't do it. So he actually gave us the worth of Jesus so that we could then release the, the grave clothes, to use that, to use that metaphor. Um, he's just so merciful with that. There's, there's a, in our past, my, my wife and I, we did a lot of college ministry in Birmingham, Alabama. I've been doing it for 22 years, being in ministry. And, and over the years, I've seen uh, a few young ladies that have been literally called whores have chosen a lifestyle of promiscuity or mm-hmm. affairs or you mean some pretty rough stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember a young lady who was a student at Sanford University in Birmingham, Alabama, and I watched her story change. Well, she was as righteous as Jesus spiritually mm-hmm. when she was choosing shame. Mm-hmm. I watched her choose into what she had already been given at Calvary and her choosing into it. And I watched the I watched the, the shame fall off. And now you can actually see someone who you can't deny what a person's past was, mm-hmm. but the reality has changed because they've actually chose to sit in the fig leaves for a while, ask the Father to help examine, exactly. okay, so yep. what is this? Yep. A lot of the teachings on righteousness is a quick hit that bypasses my need to process why I clothe myself in shame. Mm-hmm. What I told you today is, okay, I want to know why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Not, I'm as clean as you, Jesus. Everything's going to be okay. Me and you. Same power that raised King Jesus from the grave mm-hmm. is in me. Yeah, and you still may be walking with some leaves. I'm to the place where I'm like, Father, I don't want to. I know I'm putting shame covering on. Would you please help me understand why I'm doing it? And he doesn't get mad at me, and he doesn't say, I made you a lead pastor, and you ought to be at a higher place on the mountain of God than this. He says, yeah, I can yeah. tell you, Chad. I'll show you. Yeah. And even if you never take them off, Chad, I'm going to love you till you get home. See, that makes me, when I know the person, the same person that yep. sowed the fig leaves is the same one in the substation a lot of years later. If I know he's good, he's a good doctor, he's kind. I'm more prone to walk away from shame. You know what happened to me recently? I say recently, about six months ago. I was really struggling in my thought life with about nine strands of thoughts. Worry, anxiety, fear, racing mind. And you know how it instantly stopped for me? I said, Father, I want to talk to you about how much of a train wreck I am in my mind right now. It was it was pretty close to instant. Yep. When I acknowledge what was yep. coming at me instead of hiding, he's like, "It's not a problem, Chad. I'll show you." Yep. This is a strength for you. Yeah. You know that you can see on people mm-hmm. what they carry, and you go opposite attack mode. 
instead of shaming them for their shame covering, yeah. you help them take them off. How did you develop that ability? <clears throat> that's what the Lord did for me. Um, he did not shame me for my shame coverings. He was very kind. And when he reiterated over and over again, kept saying, Sean, this is why it's kindness that leads to repentance. Romans 2, 4. Yeah. It's, and, you know, Dr. Dr. King says it, um, you know, hate cannot drive out hate. Shame cannot drive out shame. And that's why any message from the pulpit that, that is used to shame somebody is not from the Lord. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't bring truth and conviction. It just means that he's not using the tool of shame to try and get people to modify their behavior. Um, shame cannot fully bring freedom. Um, it's his kindness and his love that gives us the safety to to come into his presence and say, I need help. I need a savior. I need a liberator. I need a healer. And it's in that place of kindness that freedom can come. You know what I've noticed through your ministry already here? There, uh, what did, what did they say about Wigglesworth? You know, you're a person of faith. If there's no neutral ground, people either really love you or really hate you. I've noticed that when you minister, whether privately or from the stage, some people are really inspired by this message, and this message really triggers a lot yes, of people. Yes, This message brings out the critical spirit. And you know what I've noticed? People who carry shame, a lot of it, many times are really triggered by this, and sometimes they don't even know why. Yep. This is a hot topic. Here's why, and we'll close here. Because the Father wants to know us. Yes. It's very difficult. Actually, wants us to know him. He already knows us. It's yeah. very difficult for us to know him when we carry a lot of shame. One of the things that we're doing at Bridgeway is we're, we're building out a table brand. We're going to have our table gathering this October like we always do. It'll be our fourth year. We're going to have table tasters, table retreats. The entire concept behind these retreats and tasters are to help people walk away from their shame and back into Eden. Yep. Our first table taster is going to be July 12th and 13th. 12th and 13th. If you want to yeah. investigate this of this year, 2019... If you want to investigate this conversation more fully and you're sick and tired of walking in shame, you might live in Australia right now. I feel like the Father's showing me someone's going to come to this thing from Australia. I about just did a cheesy, what's that beer commercial? Foster's? <laughs> I saw it in my mind. I'm not going to do it. I have a terrible Australian <laughs> accent. Uh, come to a table taster, July 12th and 13th. You can go online and sign up for it. It's going to be two days discussing how to walk away from shame into a place of really valuable friendship with God. And then after that, we're going to have table retreats, which will be these four, five-day-long events of around the table, around fellowship. Sounds a lot like Acts 242 to me, of just helping people walk in friendship with God. Aren't you sick of conference hopping and seeing the the latest celebrity Christian who can deliver you of blah, whatever? I mean, there's a place for all that. Why don't you just, why don't you, Spend the next decade and walk in friendship with the Father and get to know Him in ways that mm-hmm. maybe you never have. And you might have to face some junk in your life that you that you not wanted to face. Uh, I, um, I'm confident in the Lord. I, I've seen a lot of healings manifest. I'm also confident in the fact that I'm a cracked clay pot and I still have shame leaves. It'd be great if words couldn't hurt me and you never worry or... 
But the truth is, sometimes I shake like a leaf down here. Thank God for God. I bless us in the name of Jesus. We'd be thankful for him. Go in peace. Thanks for tuning in to Coach and Joe. Catch more episodes on YouTube and podcast. To take a deeper look at friendship with God, check out coachandjoe.com.